Hi guys, and welcome to this fantastic episode of the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast, featuring Rianne, and this is a, an episode, um, okay, so I'm a bit of a perfectionist in, in the way I do things, and this is one that I kind of flagged, and I was kind of like, ah, not quite right, and um, I, I pinpointed the uh, the situation I was in, is I'd just done a night shift, um, and I I, I, didn't, I definitely didn't have an anxiety attack. That's probably an overreaction, but I was definitely feeling super anxious. You know when you invite someone round and then they come round and you're kind of like, oh, there's people coming around. For some reason, that was a problem for me on this particular evening. I managed to sort myself out, but I, I kind of counteracted with a lot of overconfidence in this podcast. And you can kind of hear it. I'm kind of overbearing. Uh, I kind of cut. Rianne off a couple of times. I'm and a bit over, yeah, but a bit obnoxious, and I don't. And that's not me normally. Uh, the, these uh, these episodes, these interviews are a bit like usually like jazz, jazz, and uh, I, yeah, it was uh, it was one of those that I definitely I know that. But uh, that being said, Rianne is fantastic. She's got a wealth of knowledge, uh, traveling knowledge, and she's looking forward to sharing that knowledge with with people at a solo travel um, a, a seminar that she's holding at Highly Flammable. So if you're looking to go on travels and you're a little bit nervous and you want to learn how to get out there, survive, maybe make money, um, go to this. If you've got young ones that are about to go on a gap year and maybe they can learn uh, from this or maybe you can learn, I don't know. There's there's so many opportunities here for, for this to be uh, a great application for you guys. So um, I'll put the link for... Um, the uh, the course on the readout for this podcast. So if you're listening to this and you want to take part, just go on to the readout for this podcast and click the link. Um, and as well, I want to offer um, a, a, a hearty, hearty pat on the back for everybody. As this has been released, um, yesterday was the London Marathon. Our Verity took part as well. And Kate Vaughan, who was a guest. There's so many people we know. Um, well, I say so many. It's not really. There's a few heroes in Shrewsbury, Shropshire that have gone down to London and put their bodies on the line to raise money for charity with the London Marathon. If you're one of those people, congratulations on being the person that you are because um, I can't run a marathon. I don't many know many people that can, but our Verity is one of those people. So well done for doing what you've done. And I don't mean that in no patronising way. I genuinely mean it in you've completed a feat that I could never do. So um, well done. Seriously, well done. Okay, going to crack on with this, this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Rianne is fantastic. And I'll catch you at the other end. Enjoy the episode, folks. Take it away. Hey guys, welcome to the Shrewsbury Biscuit podcast. I'm on my own today, no Verity. Can you hear that? There's no Verity there. It's genuinely, I'm not, I'm not trying to, yeah, I'm, I'm very sorry. So my uh, my schedule keeping has not been brilliant <laughs> the last week or so. I love to be busy, right? I love to be super, super busy. If you listen to the show, you know, I'm here, I'm there, I'm everywhere. But then I, what I do is I take on a little bit too much and then I'm kind of like, 
juggling, not knowing how to juggle. And so um, I was like, uh, Verity, we've got a thing tomorrow. <laughs> she was like, well, you know, I've got plans and stuff. So uh, it's not Verity's fault. It's my fault. I'm being busy. And being busy is not good for me. But at the same time, I love it. It's weird, right? How we torture ourselves this way. Um, today, we're talking about travel. And uh, we got I got Rianne with me. Um, what's your what's your surname? Because I, I got you as Rika re, 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 Cult. Cool Cut. Cool Cut. Is yeah. that your surname? Sorry, I'm, I completely butchered that. I'm so good at what I do. Did you know that? Yeah. <laughs> um, and you're here today to talk about 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 uh, traveling. Uh, your Instagram's amazing, by the way. Some Thank your, you. Your pictures Thanks. are fantastic, and that's what it's all about, right? Those experiences. Yeah, it's about trying to promote those experiences to people that haven't really had a, an opportunity to get out there and experience it for them themselves, really. Yeah, you got to do it in an interesting way, though, haven't you? Because we've all. I mean, I've I've done fairly well with traveling the world, and I'm so pleased with some of the experiences we've got. You know, being married to a lady from South America is fantastic because we're just like, yeah, we're just gonna go Colombia, we'll go Cartagena. It's fantastic. I love that. Um, but at the same time, um, we sit down and you go, do you want to see our holiday pictures? And then you go through 160 pictures and buy like the the 30th sort of kind of board, and you can tell, even though. Even though when you were there, it was one of the most amazing experiences of your life. It's hard to transfer that over, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it really, really is. And capturing the moment in a photograph or a video One or two photographs. It's yeah. so, so difficult. Even if you could take a million pictures of the same thing, and essentially you're still not capturing that atmosphere or that kind of interaction with things. Yeah. So it is really, really difficult to do. That's why things like Reels and TikTok are just... So innovative when it comes to that because because not only are like TikTok and 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 Reels great at sort of I mean Snapchat as well if you want to go back there but like they're great at grabbing you in such a short space of time impactful and sometimes important bits of content you know there are there are things that are there have gone to be viral via things like TikTok and Reels that have gone to change the people's perception on things which is mad when you think about it right it is really really kind of life-changing I guess because it is introducing these new exciting videos of, of places and these experiences however there's like a little uncertainty as to whether it's showing people the actual truth and, and showing people what it's really like and I still think something is missing from it. I was watching um, Tom Segura's podcast um, Your Mother's House check out that podcast um, Tom Segura um, and and um and his wife did this podcast and there's these videos of this lady and she's in North Korea and she's going, North Korea's amazing. It's great. It's not bad. And she's like really forced in it. And like, it's really hard when you see something like that to compared to the genuine videos. Cause I know South, uh, Southeast Asia has just opened up again for the world. Sort of, um, sort of, uh, or to me, the sort of, yeah. uh, they just released the, the COVID thing. I learned that from, um, from my Peaks Elite Travel uh, podcast that I recorded. Make sure you go back and listen to that. Um, <laughs> but they're asking people to go out there and do the do influencer thing because it is a beautiful place that they want the world to see. Yeah, and some of the most underrated places in the world are some of the most beautiful. So quite often influencers will show off places that are really, really popular and tons of people go and visit each year. But quite often there are countries that you don't necessarily think of going to and if you do a little bit of research, they're quite often better experiences. They're yeah. cheaper to visit. And 
Yeah, less people go to them. We've always been we've always been that. Me and my wife. I like to go places where not everybody goes to. At the same time, there are places I feel like you need to see. I mean, we went to Venice. Venice is like, and it, I remember we went to Venice, and people were like, "Oh, you don't want to go there. It smells like stinks. The water's terrible. Don't go in the summer. It's horrible." We went in October. Um, the locals were wearing big puffer jackets. We were in t-shirts. It was lovely. Honestly, it was one of the nicest trips I think I've ever been on. Yeah, great time. Um, I went to Bruges because I just like the film in Bruges. Yeah, <laughs> in Bruges, uh, I love it. It's great. And um, we had a friend in, 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 in who lived in Brussels, so we went and stayed with her. And then caught a train to uh, to Bruges. Forgot where I was going with this now. Um, but no, uh, <laughs> it's important to get out there and do it. I think it's the most important thing to say yeah, that before. Um, and yeah, that's where I was going. Is when people go, "Oh yeah, I'm going on all day, going to Benidorm." Every year, Benidorm, Benidorm, which is great, by the way. Shout out to anybody who's got business, businesses out there and loves Benidorm, but you got to mix it up, haven't you? A bit of culture. Yeah, I feel like it's really important to do what you want to do, essentially. So if you are really happy going to Benidorm every single year and going to the same resort and sitting by the pool, then by all means, go and do that. Because if, if it makes you content, then why not? But yeah. I feel like so many people are holding themselves back and it's the easy option and they just don't want to try and visit other places or, or do any research. They're just quite happy just doing what they know and will always have those dreams that they will never quite reach. Yeah. Well, okay, well, let's let's hone in on you a little bit. And I want to talk about sort of like you, how you become a traveller, how you want to get out there and do these things. Um, so tell us a bit about yourself. Are you Are you Shropshire born and bred? Are you? I am not. I'm originally Cornish. Oh, okay. I'm originally from Cornwall and then moved up to Shropshire when I was 16. So my parents relocated and then I've just moved about a little bit for uni- university and settled in Shrewsbury. So, so have you finished university now? Have you, have you quali- got your qualifications and yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah. Lo- long gone. Long yeah, gone. Yeah, yeah. So what, what, what did you do in university? What, what? Um, I studied architecture, which was not the right move for me, but I would never go back and change anything. Because, I love that philosophy. Yeah, I love I, that. I would never go back. I wouldn't have met the people that I have. I wouldn't be on the same path I am today if I hadn't have taken that life choice. Mm. That's really, really interesting. I love that. I love that you... Because when people go, oh, what would you go back and change? I'll be like, well, I wouldn't eat so much cake. <laughs> um, <laughs> we are where we are because of the choices we made, and that's really important. Um, so out of university, um, did you go on a, on a gap year? or did I mean, how did travelling start for you? So I was considering a gap year before I started university and my parents always said to me because I was fairly academic at the time. So they always said, once you've got university out of the way, you can go on gap years, you can go on stress-free travel. Um, However, I kind of wanted to travel from a really young age. So from the age of about eight, I was obsessed with looking at atlases and and having these great big large scale maps on my wall and and planning routes. And I became obsessed with like visiting Vietnam. I I really wanted to go there as my very first trip. And actually in my first year of uni, the the good old student loan, I managed to scrimp and save and... I was meant to be booking a holiday with one of my friends and we had no idea where we were going to go. It was somewhere fairly cheap, somewhere in Europe. And um, what actually happened is it got closer and closer to the time of our university break where we were meant to go away. And my friend actually dropped out. So we had no plans and I now had no one to go with. 
So I asked around, asked a few other people, do you fancy going away? Everyone had already booked plans for that time now and it was a bit late. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to get a map of Europe. I'm going to pick a random place that I don't know much about. For a dart at a map. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just going to book a holiday. And I booked a flight that evening. It ended up being a flight to Budapest, uh, which at the time, obviously a lot of people have visited since, but at the time it was kind of low key. Not many people had been there and I didn't know much about the city itself. So I thought, sure, why not? Um, I managed to get the flights uh, and accommodation for under £60. So I just booked a, a dorm, a bed in a dorm and just quite happily flew over there. Wow. So that was that was my first experience of solo travel. I, I By yourself as well? It. Yeah. And how old yeah. were you at the time? I was 18 at the time. So young girl going away on herself, by herself. What are your thoughts uh, sort of going into like the airport or you landing for the first time? What, what's going through your mind then? So it was all really, really new to me because my parents have never really done like holidays abroad, holidays away. So an airport was a whole new atmosphere for me. Yeah. So coming from Cornwall, public transport is not really a thing. So... I think I'd been on one train, possibly two. Um, the buses... <laughs> Those squiggly wiggly roads down yeah, there, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, the buses choose whether they turn up or not. <laughs> and it, it was completely different. And I went from kind of being this almost nervous child, worried about going anywhere, worried about the simplest of things and constantly overthinking, to kind of switching my mindset. And suddenly being able to fly to another country all all on my own. Did you get buzzed off the independence from it? I think I did, yeah. I'm free, I could go where I want, speak to who I want to, yeah. Yeah, and that was the thing. And and I totally chose the right place to stay as well, because as soon as I got there, I could tell that this place was absolutely thriving and, and bustling with people from all around the world. And I've made friends on my very first trip that I have since been out to their countries and visited and stayed with them. And I'm still in contact with some of them today. So it's, it was an incredible experience. Nice. I, I do. I, I, I appreciate that so much. I mean, like I'd never gone abroad. I mean, my, 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 my father, my dad's side of the family are all in Ireland I've got the one brother here. Everybody else is in Ireland. My sister, um, my brothers. And we used to go there every every year. They'd put us on a plane or we'd go on the ferry. And I never considered that going abroad. And then sick when I was 16, the first place I properly went abroad was Hawaii. And it was like one of the most insane things to do, it felt like, for me. Because I'd, I'd never really gone far abroad. Um, but seeing Hawaii and and learning about cultures, it got me hooked a little bit. Like when you when you zoom in, you, you talk about Budapest. If you could zoom in like an iPad, zoom in, zoom in, zoom in, and look at the culture, the people around you, the family dynamics, the food, the music, it's really enticing, isn't it? Yeah. Do you find get a rush out of learning about all these things, seeing all these things, smelling all all that sort of stuff? Oh yeah, definitely. And seeing the traces of history throughout each place that you Budapest, go to, of course, yeah. There's so much to learn. So it, it was just really exciting getting involved into the atmosphere of the city itself, exploring all the places and the history, trying new foods, going to events, and just essentially living a whole new life for that period of time. Yeah. 
And um, from that moment on, were you hooked? Was that it? Like, I've got to go, because I know you said you, you visited friends from different countries, but like, as soon as you get back from Budapest, how quickly are you booking your next trip? Like, is it, was it like a, a, a new thing you'd found yourself? I want to travel. Yeah, I mean, I always knew that I wanted to travel, but I did think that first trip would be to Southeast Asia. But then once I traveled once and done a little bit of research into where I actually wanted to go, I found that there were other places that very, very quickly became the top of my list. And although I wanted to book the next trip as soon as I got back, there was an element of, right, I need to see how much more I can save because obviously being a student, you aren't well off anyway. You're yeah, very limited, yeah, of course. Yeah, so I was very, very lucky that within my second year, I managed to save so much that I could actually explore a new continent. Having never been outside of Europe before, it was a really, really exciting prospect. Yeah. Really yeah. exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's when you when you when it's completely alien to you. It's, it's, did you ever get, have you ever got like complete overconfident though? Like when you're in a new place? Because I remember. <laughs> okay, right. This is going to sound really bad, but I promise you, I promise you, Colombia is an amazing place to visit. But at the time, there was a spate of uh, taxi kidnappings. Okay, it happens in a lot of places. Um, Amsterdam is one of the worst places for things like that. It happens in most big cities. So my wife was like, if you get into a cab or anything like that, just shh, I will <laughs> I will tell the taxi driver where you got to go, right? And within a within like, I don't know, five days, I, at the time, I was smoking, you know, so I was like, I'm going to go and get some cigarettes. Um, and so I was, I sort of skipped to the, the, the news agents by myself. My wife was having her hair done. And I felt so confident, so like I, my Spanish isn't very good, but I was just like cigarettes, and they were like cigarettes, and they I pointed to them and they gave them to me. But I never felt so comfortable in a place before, and I think it's because after, after a few days of sort of assimilating to the culture and, and working out how things work, it got easier for me. Yeah, I think that becomes a thing in certain places. So there are places that you go to that you feel an instant connection to. Mm. I was lucky that Budapest was one of those places for me and I've gone back a few times since then. Yeah. I even looked at doing a postgraduate course over there. Um, and since then, an another country that I felt very connected to as soon as I got there was Mexico, um, which I did not expect to at all. And it yeah, was Yeah, your, your Mayan pictures are wonderful, yeah, by the way. They're really thank good. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. It got to the point where... I was, so I learned Spanish at school. My school didn't, didn't teach French and I'd never been to a Spanish speaking country. So my Spanish deteriorated after school massively. And this was the first time I'd actually been to a Spanish speaking country. And especially on your own, you've got to learn to communicate with people. And I was really, really glad that at the end of the trip, this is a very strange thing to be proud of, but I actually got pulled over at the airport and my passport had to be checked because I was speaking to one of the security guards in Spanish. So I was like, I'm proud of the fact that yeah. they've actually questioned it because he was like, are you Spanish? Obviously, in Spanish. And um, I was like, no, 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 I'm I'm English. And then he was like, oh, okay, I, I'm going to have to check your passport. So I got taken off and, and my passport got checked by about three different people just to see if you're not a local that's sneaking in with a dodgy yeah, yeah. so i was quite proud of that yeah. i mean saying She's that a spy grab her <laughs> saying that my spanish accent was probably completely terrible at the time but 
it, it gave me a sense of confidence. I was like, yeah, I smashed that. Um, I uh, This is a really funny situation. I, again, Tom Segura's Your Mother's House podcast. Check it out. And there's a lady that was on that came on the podcast, and she's, um, I think she's from she's from like the Boston area, but she's got a Hispanic background, so she'll go to Spain back into. And um, there's a, a foot of her, footage of her going. She's chatting to someone, and she put it's like a cooking show. This lady, and she goes, "How you say in English, uh, cucumber?" And they were like, "She's from Boston. Why is she doing that?" And Tom Segura was ripping her for weeks, like uh, you say Spanish. He's his mom's from Peru, so Tom Segura's bilingual. Yeah. And he was like, so he's been ripping this woman for, for weeks. And then he goes to do um, the South American leg of his tour, um, his stand-up tour. So he, he they go out there without a translator. So he's doing a lot of the translating in Spanish. And then he's, so like by day eight or nine, he said, he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm dreaming in Spanish. I'm thinking in Spanish. And um, some guy comes up to him <laughs> and gives him a poster and is like, can you sign this for my wife? She's at home with a kid. And um, he goes to write on the on the poster, you should have abandoned your daughter to come see me. And he forgot how to spell daughter because his mind's in Spanish. And he goes, how you spell daughter? And he, he immediately fought this woman that he'd been ripping for weeks. <laughs> and so it happens when you get exposed to a, a language for so long or a culture or the way, a way of thinking, your mind alters and it starts adapting to things in, in an almost semi-permanent way, right? Yeah, it really, really does. <laughs> it's very similar to like if you continuously write the same word over and over again and you kind of start to question whether you can actually spell it or not and it, it looks all wrong it's that sense but only in another language yeah i used to have a friend called siwak uh and he he was a sikh sikh lad and he used to say to me like i used to wind him up because um we used to have a, a, a good bit of banter he's like i'd always like get the jump on him with the, this 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 uh banter but he's always like I'm not that quick because everything I say, I have to translate first before I say it. And I, was, I felt terrible for him then afterwards, you know. Um, what, what, what's a, a place that you've been to you didn't think you'd ever get to see? Uh, somewhere where um, you traveled and you thought, I cannot believe I'm finally here or I, I can't believe I got here. Is there somewhere that comes to mind when you think of that? Um, that's a tricky one because I think, like I haven't been traveling to any war zones and aside from that, I think everything is achievable. However, when I was younger, I, I never thought that I would visit Australia. And I wasn't that bothered about it at all. And then having been to Budapest the first time, I met a load of Aussies. And I made some friends who lived over there and they invited me out to visit them. So I ended up visiting. And once I got there, I was like, I always thought I'd be the sort of person to never come back from us i thought i would move out there and my cousin did that <laughs> he was like yeah enjoy and yeah. then he's still there he's married there now all of my friends and family always thought that i would be the sort of person to move there to genuinely not come back so when i went out there i was expecting really big things and i was like i can't believe i'm actually here from a going from a place that i never wanted to visit originally and now i'm here and i've kind of come to the conclusion that i won't want to leave I was very, very surprised that I didn't feel at home there. It's a place that I would... Were you like, next? Like, yeah, 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 I was. I would genuinely go back and visit some of the places that I went to out there again and 
I would have a great time, but I wouldn't live there. So do you consider yourself a kind of nomad that, that way? You kind of don't, you, you don't, I mean, UK obviously is your home, but I mean, yeah. like, you feel like you could just go anywhere and just feel the same way and can keep complete traveling. Or is there somewhere you'd like to settle eventually that maybe isn't the UK? Um, that's always a, a really tough question. And I feel like you never know what the future holds. So I'd never rule it out. But at the same time, it's really nice to have that stability and to have that base. Yeah. And obviously setting up a career in the UK while funding my travel is a really comfortable way of doing it as well. It's different when you switch to their currency and you're like, ah, actually, it's not great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you start to compare things. You compare like accommodation costs and like cost of living and all of that compared to salaries. And, and you're like, well, actually, it isn't that different to here. Hmm. Or you look at... at how much does a flu shot cost? What? <laughs> like, how much does it cost to go to the doctors? Yeah. You know, the, yeah. Yeah. Healthcare. Little things like that. And it, it all adds up really. So it's not something that I would ever rule out, but it's definitely not something that I need to think about right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's good that you, you, you're doing this though. It feels like you've got a real hunger for adventure. Yeah. Uh, and you know, when, you, when you're thinking of travel, uh, you know, I've got friends over. A big shout out to Rich Carter. He's recording with me on Friday. Um, we're going to the football. He's up, he's, you know, he's up from Australia. So we take him to the football. He's going to come back. He's going to guest co-host with me. Um, but I was, I, was, I, was, I was asking the, probably the most stupid questions. We do have listeners in Australia, by the way. So if you're listening to this, and you're probably going to laugh at this. I was like, how far inland in Australia do the roads go? How far inland in Australia do people live? Because it's such a mass of land. I imagine it's just desert right in the middle. I imagine it like a gobstopper, you know? <laughs> it's warmer, the closer you go in. Uh, and he's like, well, people live as far as the roads go. And it's, it's, it, when I think of Australia, I think of the beach. And But when you really think of Australia, there's probably people that live right in the middle of Australia never seen the beach, never seen the ocean. Because it's that bigger place. And it's, it's those understandings of, of culture and travel that we've got to kind of get the grasp of, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I, what I did though today, I, I put up um, a post out on Facebook and I asked people about travel because it's it's an interesting one when you think about the things you didn't expect. Yeah. Um, but for example, when we went to Venice, I didn't think the cheapest thing we'd be in was pizza. I, I think of Italy and I think, think of pizza, but I always think when we're here... I think Domino's Pizza Hut is expensive, but yeah. we survived on pizza because <laughs> it didn't take much money. Um, uh, let's have a look. I've got a few few comments here. So I, f I threw up saying, uh, for an interview I have in the next hour or so, I need uh, some of your travel experience. I'd like to hear your most amazing places you visited, your scary, funny, astonishing stories. Um, what was your dream destination? And did it live up to your expectations? Now, my mom was the first person that commented. I love my mom. She's great. She's so supportive. She, and my mom is a late bloomer. Bloomer. She started traveling in her, in her 50s. And the first place she went to was Iceland, which is beautiful. Yeah. Um, and she put, uh, after reading My Family, uh, The Other Animals by uh, Gerald Durrell at school, I always wanted to go to Corfu, where the book was based. At the grand age of 55, sorry, mom, uh, I finally plucked up the courage to fly and went to the place of my dreams. It didn't disappoint. I loved it every bit as much as I thought I would. Um, I would have returned twice since, but um, I, we always stay in Agios, uh, Giorgio South, and absolutely love it. Beautiful sandy beach, lovely warm sea uh, to swim in, and endless sunshine, gorgeous. We went to Corfu too. Corfu's great. 
again, that's one of those places where you go, oh, you're going to call through, are you? But it's actually beautiful. Yeah. It's actually beautiful. Yeah, it really is. Um, my friend Jenny Pierce says, I went to Whitby uh, last year, um, have wanted to go since I was 12. When I read a book called The Whitby Witches, we slept in the car on the Yorkshire Moors and went down to Whitby every day. It was absolutely beautiful. I will be visiting again. The place I really want to go to is Pompeii after learning about what happened there uh, with the volcano. Um, Anna Reese, a good friend of mine, a big shout out to my prison family. Uh, I used to work as an actor at Shrewsbury Prison. I always have to explain that. Uh, but she put, definitely visiting Alcatraz. When I mentioned about working at Shrewsbury Prison, in particular, it's Georgian tunnels to one of the two ranges on the island. He took an interest and asked if I'd been down uh, to the tunnels under Alcatraz. When I replied, I was gutted not to have been able to book that, that tour as it was fully booked. He t- looked at his watch and he, t- he said he had a spare half an hour and asked if I wanted a private tour. And off we went. Um... I, I still find it incredible that he did that for me. Thanks, Ranger Steve. Well done, Ranger Steve. What a great experience. Uh, good, my good friend Chris Shirk. Chris Shirk has travelled to some of the most amazing, some of the uh, abandoned Nazi camps and things he's done in Germany. Some of the uh, the abandoned buildings around Shropshire. He goes to Shoes Before Where You're Not is one of the most amazing Instagram uh, pages you can follow. He put last year I went to Greece and swam out to a cruise ship that was lying capsized just off the coast. It was by far one of the most fun things I've ever done, but also one of the most daring. I love swimming, but I, I, I've never swam out to sea to climb on a shipwreck. I also go, so I am a solo traveler and I've never been to Greece before. So I, every aspect of this trip, trip was outside my comfort zone. I remember the pictures from that, Chris. It is oh, phenomenal. Wow, incredible. Yeah, they, were, they did some snorkeling and stuff. They, the, the, some of the pictures were fantastic. Um, so you, I mean, like when you think of travel, Instagram is very easy to be like, Look how amazing this is. Have you gone somewhere and it's gone wrong? Uh, where you thought, oh my God, this isn't what I expected. Um, I'd probably say, oh, it'd have to be my second trip. So I actually ended up going and working in Zanzibar for a month. Um, Again, the pictures are wonderful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I was working over there as a vet with no qualifications, by the way, because you can go and do that over there. <laughs> and when I got over there, I thought it, w- it would all be this glamorous kind of place where lots of people go on holiday and, and take these amazing amazing photographs and, and have these incredible experiences. However, what they don't show you is the behind the scenes and how much the African culture on the island of Zanzibar is being dissolved by them trying to kind of recreate a westernized culture and it's really really interesting to see that behind the scenes but it's also quite devastating so are we talking about the starbucks kind of uh, malls and that kind of thing like just digging up is, is that what we're talking about so less the people who live out there don't have a lot of money so we're not talking about actually recreating western buildings and in that kind of thing but they actually value a lot of western things so for example pepsi there there are a pepsi adverts everywhere along the street um but to go alongside that when they can afford to buy pepsi there is also a, a ban on plastic bags so there's nowhere to actually put the rubbish because if you have a ban on plastic bags you can't actually collect rubbish so there is litter all over the streets um for example I went to one of these beautiful hotels and, and we had to see to a group of dogs in this Italian village. It's very 
very strange experience that was. An Italian village in Zanzibar. Yeah, there's there's a, a big Italian population. But like Chinatown and but for Italy. Italians? Italians? Italian, yeah. So they've built their own villas on the beach out there. Wow. And they're heavily guarded by these vicious dogs um, that you... The vets have to work really, really hard to make sure that they're all castrated so they're less likely to attack people. It's really crazy out there. And this was right next to this big hotel and it looked really, really fancy from the outside. But having to go and work there, you walk around the back and you see the actual runnings of it and you see how hard people genuinely work so that other people have a really good holiday. And I feel like a lot of people who visit the island don't think about what is put in place to enable them to have that excellent experience. They don't think about the consequences that that has. And I feel like that was such a a learning curve for me, just being out there and experiencing that and, and seeing what you don't expect. Yeah. And that's one of the things with big hotels and package holidays. I mean, one of the... <laughs> One of the nicest, and I, I genuinely like. I don't well off or anything, but I get. I, I have really warm feelings about um, uh, my wife's cousin Jimena. Big shout out to Jimena Rodriguez, uh, an amazing actress out there in Colombia. She took us out to Sipacara, which is um, uh, a salt cathedral mine uh, in, in Colombia, and it's you know I think it was about an hour a half, wasn't two mile, two hours, but it was it was a drive out, and on the way back from the mines there was this torrential rainstorm and like south american torrential rainstorm and you're talking rivers down the street like and we got we got stuck inside this bar i mean we only stopped for a, 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 a pepsi or something and we were stuck inside this uh in this bar and they shut the doors of the bar and they pulled up tables and they poured us drinks they kept the, ta- the the family gathered around the table we were all chatting getting to know each other it was one of the nicest experiences of my life because it's, it's on a human level, isn't it? Yeah. When you talk about hotels, like what you're talking about, you know, you're getting pampered, you get this, that, you have, you got your all inclusive. Well, I don't know why that's good, but behind the scenes, like you said, there is a human element, there, a human element there that's probably suffering, you know, uh, just to earn a few quid. Yeah, definitely. That's why I love like the hostel visits and, and things like that. Obviously, I started traveling, staying in dorm rooms. And I feel like I, I'm kind of past that stage of my life now. Um, so I'll only stay in a dorm of a hostel when I really need to save on money or, or when I've I've booked a more expensive trip and things like that. Um, however, I will still try and stay in a hostel where I can rather than a hotel just because of the workings of it and because of the community. Take care of your own stuff. It. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's really, really important. Yeah. Uh, it, it's something that, I feel like we're all guilty. I'm definitely guilty of like, we're going to Turkey um, in, a, in a couple of months, in a few months, August. Gosh, where are we in the year? It's going so quick. And um, it's, it's a package holiday, but now when I think about it, I'm like, you know, is that, is that, is that traveling? When you go to like, when you go to stay at, um, you know, a hotel, a, a big massive hotel after this, but they're all the same. They all kind of look the same. They feel the same. You can go on excursions, you can go out and stuff, but, I think real traveling is when you get down there and you get into local culture, eating local cafes, meeting local people. That is where it's at, isn't it? Is that kind of what you what you prefer? 
you know, you're saying about yeah. the hostels and stuff, but being on the, on, the, on the ground a bit more. I think so. So my main thing is, is when I look for accommodation, I actually go through the list of accommodations and think, right, what's in my budget? And look at the images. What stands out to me? What stands out as being different? What stands out as being part of the culture? What stands out as an experience to me? And I think that's really, really important. Yeah, I'm doing the awkward selfie video thing <laughs> as we're chatting. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> um, yeah, it is really important and, and learning. Of, of, of course, it's really important. But when it comes to your friends, your family, and people that you meet along the way, yeah, um, like we said, you know, I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that the eye rolling. You want to see my holiday pictures, <laughs> but sharing your experiences in a way that you can encourage other people to go and travel, especially a young a young girl. And I don't mean to be misogynistic, but you know there are. There are uh, stereotypes when it comes to certain things and there are probably behaviours that people might see on travelling that you might not get if you're a young, a young lad. I mean, you might be able to testify towards that. I don't know. Um, but like, say you're timid, you've not really done any, uh, any travelling and you want to start. Are you an advocate for that? Are you helping people take that step in the right direction? Yeah, definitely. Um, was my uh, comment really misogynistic? Or what does it actually make sense? <laughs> it does make sense. A lot of people think that it is harder for a young female to solo travel. I didn't mean it by in that way, by the way. I didn't mean, oh, by the way, girls can't do this. <laughs> I meant like there might be. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. I, I know what you meant. But it's quite interesting to find out that around 70% of solo travels, solo travelers are actually female. Cool. Um, which is really, really nice that it is on the up and more young women are feeling more comfortable with solo traveling and, and feeling safer and i think it is really really important kind of learning the aspects of safety before you go away and that's what i'm trying to set up here in Shrewsbury and trying to build that kind of community but also it's really important to remember that language barriers are a thing and quite often people will get offended by comments made by someone when English is not their native language. Yeah. And I think that that is a massive thing. So for example, going in, into the the Mayan village um last year, there were lots of comments by Mayan men that people could take offensively. And I took a step back and I thought about it and I was like these people know very few words in English. And they're trying to communicate. Their actions were totally ordinary, but yet some people would be offended by those few words. And I think some people forget that sometimes. They forget that language is totally different and it does throw obstacles in the way. And I think sometimes in the past, people have gone abroad and been so taken aback by what people say to them they automatically put up this guard and think it's in yeah. in an offensive way or, or in a creepy way or things like that and it isn't always i mean sometimes it is yeah of course but you get that in the uk as well um but i think it's really important just to think about it think about your situation and just analyze it a little bit more yeah yeah, you're right, though. You're all right, because, you know, I've heard things mentioned in Spanish that I'm just like, oh, I wouldn't fly you. Like, let me be PC in English, like, you know, especially when it comes to negra, uh, you know, talking about 
black women yeah. and things like that. Like some of the things you think, oh, that's that sounds really harsh when they're saying it, but it's part of culture. That's how they speak. Yeah, and yeah, you're right. You can't go in there with a with a broad shoulder and be like, what did you say? Like you've got to like really sort of understand that. Yeah, culture is different. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, so what when you talk about what you're trying to do in Shropshire, obviously it's why, we, why you're here today. Yeah. Uh, a big shout out to the guys at Highly Flammable. Um, I think Highly Flammable is doing some amazing things because some of the workshops that are coming out there. By the way, uh, big sh- uh, Aaron, uh, I love you to bits and I'm very, very sorry. We're supposed to be working on a workshop together, um, but I've been so, so busy. So like incredibly busy. And that's like a really ignorant thing to say. Like I'm busy. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like the biscuit's booming right now. Um, we want to do, I want to do a podcast workshop on Teach People how to take a podcast from conception right to where, how to release it and market it. So we've got that coming soon. But like they're looking at loads of different things and offering so much of different aspects of, of media and life. Yeah, they really are. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you went to Alex McCarthy's thing last night, didn't you? How yes, was that? I did. It was really good, actually. I met so many young entrepreneurs. Again, highly found. Highly found. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it was really, really informative. Really good. Did you see Stephen Marshall? Was he there like, oh, you're going to face your fears? I yeah. did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Stephen. He's great. He's got um, he's got a, grand, a brand new podcast. Um, what was uh, it? something to do with gentlemen i shared the link this is going to sound really inc- ignorant but like life really does travel at 90 mile an hour here. <laughs> but highly flammable so how did you come across sort of highly flammable and, and learning that you could uh, set up a, a thing there um i actually met them through friends uh so friends of mine who run coffee shop in in town again shout out to hopefully made ah. um they are friends with aaron and alana and i actually met them through then and and then realized that they have this incredible space that opened not even that long ago is it like yeah, a few months no. back and i kind of thought oh this would be the perfect space to hold these workshops that i'm looking to do and, and kind of set up this whole travel awareness and it is such a social space and such a social atmosphere and I thought this is absolutely perfect for what I want to achieve. Uh, the podcast, by the way, is a, the gentleman's way. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, uh, Stephen. I forgot the name of your podcast. Um, <laughs> I shared it. It's actually really, really good. Make sure you check it out. Um, are you are you trying to be an advocate for for travel, or are you trying to help people face their fears? I think in a way both. So I feel like I've met multiple people from all walks of life, all ages who have always wanted to solo travel. Yeah. But I've always felt that something has held them back. And whether that be commitments back home, whether that be kind of their careers, whether it be family, um, relationships, it could be nerves, it could be mental health. um, And also realizing that a lot of parents worry about their children going on gap years and not knowing how to kind of look after their health while they're away. How many people are listening to this podcast now thinking, yeah, if my kid goes on a gap, he's definitely going to die. Like, <laughs> that's a joke, by the way. But, you know, I get it. The anxieties of, of, of a parent going away. My 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 kid, you know, he's, he's definitely going to want to do it when he's older, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, and it's becoming more and more popular, especially, like you said, with these incredible videos that are popping up on TikTok and inspiring people to go. And also, I feel like, 
Gen Z as well, they have this very free mind, free way of life, and they don't feel that a career kind of can hold them anywhere. So in a sense, the other generations are being held back by things, but also the younger generation are not being held back to the point where they're not thinking logistically about things before they take that leap. And they end up in situations that could perhaps um, lead to hundreds of thousands of pounds in, in medical bills, or it could lead them to having trouble with financing and just looking after their money while they're away. Yeah. It, it could be the simplest of things. And I'm looking to kind of educate people in different ways and, and focus on a series of different things overall that are really important when traveling. Very important. And, and especially coming from someone from yourself, speaking to people from your generation, because I, I talk a lot about interge intergenerational um, communication because I think it's really important anyway. Um, but the last thing a young generation wants is the old generation before them going, well, what you need to do is... Yeah. So it's good coming from from you, uh, speaking to people your age, or kind of even. I feel like, I feel like, uh, you know, my generation is definitely learning a lot from the younger generation right now because, especially when it comes to a, a curriculum, yeah. right? Because you're talking about how people throw themselves into situations, take that leap of faith, and find themselves in a situation where they might, you know, into in a boggy spot, but also find themselves in a situation where they might actually feel a bit more suited to how they felt when they were 13 or 14, taking yeah, definitely. Their, choosing their options and stuff, you know? It's all about when time is right as well. And it's kind of getting people to realise that. And also something that is really, really nice to see is that solo travelling is becoming really popular with older generations as well. Yeah. They're actually starting sure, to take that leap sure. older. And it's really exciting. And it could just be the simplest of things. So, for example, I spoke to someone that I know a few months ago now and he was like I've always wanted to travel on my own to to solo travel but I met my long-term girlfriend a few years ago and we've done a bit of traveling together but I still have that passion of solo traveling but I don't want to offend her so how can I find a way around that and I was like it's all through communication really so that's what I'm looking to talk through within my seminars is, is to give people these ideas of how they can beat their problems, how they can beat their situations and how they can be the best they can be and still achieve their dreams. I feel like in life there is no focus uh, other than when you're traveling by yourself. There is nothing like it in the world. When you're traveling by yourself and you're responsible for your passport, for your money, for your bag, for your accommodation, for where you're traveling, how you travel, all of these things, there is no focus like it in your life. Do you feel like that's like something everybody should experience at least once in their life? Only if they want to. But I feel like most people want to, they just haven't done it yet. Yeah. Or some people, they want to experience it and they think, oh, I'm a bit unsure. My confidence isn't quite there. So I'm going to go with a friend. And it isn't quite the same. Um, or they book a group trip. That's quite popular. Um, yeah. That was really, really popular when I was... Lads, 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 lads. <laughs> yeah. Or like join one of these independent trips run by companies, yeah. which is a way of like volunteering abroad or working abroad or just going on a holiday to enjoy yourself. However, some of these companies, they charge up to three grand. It can sometimes be over that. And it doesn't include quite often your food 
It doesn't include your flights. It doesn't in- include the majority of accommodation. And all of these things come at an extra cost. So what are you paying for? Are you just paying for the laziness? Are you paying yeah, for the, someone to the do easy it option, for you? yeah. Yeah. And then they say, okay, so you pay us this much on top of what you've already paid and it's all sorted for you. It's all laid out in front of you. So I feel like that quite often cons a lot of young people, especially. And it allows them an easy way of going away on their own. And you're guaranteed to meet people because say it's a, a group trip and you know that there are 50 people on that trip altogether. So you know that you're going to meet 49 other people who are in the same situation as you. I remember, um, again, going back to the, the, the Peaks Elite Travel uh, thing I covered at St. Mary's, gosh, when was that, November, October? And um, talking to people about cruises, because I, I hate oh, I hate the idea of cruise, being tra- trapped inside a bean tin with other people, just doesn't, doesn't entertain me at all. You know, imagine being in a, in a ship of 70 Karens. Oh, that's really, really bad. <laughs> but you know what I mean, like, people can be difficult i think now my idea of traveling is to get away from people or to find other nice people i've been really bad in this podcast by the way really naughty verity would be going absolutely insane with me right now like misogyny and uh, the whole karen thing but um there are certain things i feel like i would definitely love to do and certain things i feel like i'd need to force myself to do but maybe enjoy it like the 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 whole cruise thing does not appeal to me at all but um, you know if i try it might enjoy it and it's the same with if you're sitting there now thinking, I'd love to go to Thailand, but I, I like you said, I can't be bothered getting up and traveling yeah. and, and, and organizing it and stuff like that. I feel like if you make that bit of effort, if you push yourself to do that, it might be one of the best decisions you've ever made in your life. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I don't regret any decisions I've made. I don't regret any of the time or effort that I've put in planning. And it actually becomes easier and easier. And sometimes the people around you can help with that. So Another thing that I'm looking to do is to go through itineraries. How do I plan my own itinerary? What is the best way of finding cheap flights? Can I afford the trip that I want to go on? And if not, then what can I afford or how do I work towards that goal? And there's different ways around it. And I think everyone can actually work towards it if they want to. It's just knowing what to put in place. So how long is the course that you've put together then? Is it over a number of weeks? Yeah, so the initial course is over six weeks mm-hmm. and you can book all six sessions. Um, they're Friday evenings, six till seven, held at Highly Flammable. And you can either book all six or you can just hop onto the ones that are relevant to you. So for example, the very first one is on building confidence and networking. And the overall idea is that we have this social outcome as well and build this local community of like-minded individuals who are interested in traveling so still although we build that confidence some people may still struggle with it and it's really good to kind of identify that and it's all about connecting individuals as well so they can actually bounce off each other Mm. whether it's bouncing ideas whether it's planning a trip together and even going back to your comments on your facebook it's also really important to recognize that you can do trips in the uk as well perhaps there are places over here that people really want to go to and again how how do you go about booking that because cornwall as i know can be very expensive so can other parts and it's it's finding the best way to do that well when you should say that 
I'd never been to Cornwall, and we uh, a couple of years ago went to went to Devon, uh, no, Dorset, went to Dorset, and then we drove all the way to London. And we did we did we did Cornwall. It was amazing, and um, I'm so glad that I did that because it was always one of those things when I was a kid. I thought, oh, I'll never get down there, you know. And, the, and it's crazy to think that you can put as much effort into going somewhere in the UK as you can going to like somewhere in Europe. You know, they're, 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 the logistics are kind of the same. You've got to find accommodation, you've got to find the travel and you've got to accrue the expenses and write an itinerary. Itineraries are great, by the way. I, I write itineraries for everything. You should see my, to-do, I've got a to-do app on my phone. That is just, <laughs> I've, I've, that's Alex McCarthy, by the way, who's digitized my life, helped me digitize my life. Um, it's great. Um, but uh, where is, where's next for you? Where, I mean, you know, if, is there somewhere where you want to travel that you've got planned? So I'm, looking at possibly going to Morocco um over the next few months and going from Eswira to Marrakesh within just a short trip just a Marrakesh little. scared the living daylights out of me honestly <laughs> it was we got off a bus and it's my own fault for not doing the research I guess I think research is really important but I think I learned that the town square in Marrakesh is quite an intense experience but when there's like they, they wait for the buses and people get off the buses and they just swarm you with monkeys and this that and yo buy this buy that yeah. and um, yeah, it's a very good experience though so, because that is life that is what they said part of the the legitimate part of the world where people live so you need to go and see it you know yeah I think that might be next but that may or may not happen because I'm looking at doing a larger trip this October um, so. The plan is to fly over to Cuba, explore Cuba for a little bit. Beautiful. Then go on to Mexico City um, because I really fell in love with Mexico and and want to explore more of it. And then go and see the butterfly, the monarch butterfly migration. Um, Go to Day of the Dead Festival. So I'm going to time it around about that time as well. Wonderful. And then go down to Puerto Escondido and go and stay on a surf resort for a little bit and yeah, that'll be the end of. Uh, Did you get to trip. Vietnam, by the way? Have you done that yet? I haven't. No. So that is that the ultimate goal still, or no. has it changed? The goalposts have moved. The goalposts have very much moved. I feel like Southeast Asia was very, very popular, and still perhaps is. And a lot of people go there and don't fully appreciate it, and kind of almost—I wouldn't say ruin the experience people who haven't been but it's just been knocked back like a lot I'm sure I will get around to visiting there at some point but it isn't my priority at all every year I'm finding new places that are kind of moving up the list rapidly to the point where Mm. I never thought I'd be interested in going to South Korea but I think next year that's going to be on the list so it's it's I'm still trying to find a way to get to Vermont, my co-host from my other show, The Al and Tom of it all, by the way, brand new podcast, <laughs> three episodes, and um, we get a little bit naughty on that one, but he's in Vermont, and we worked together for years, and he's the closest guy I've got in the world that lives a million miles away, I've never even met, so I'd love to go and see, go, go New England, but America's just uh, expensive at the moment, it's hard to yeah. fathom, or find, <laughs> justify that, that money, sorry Mr. Tom Bruno, uh, <laughs> but you're expensive at the moment, Um when you when you're talking about uh, the the courses, the six week thing, yeah. um, who are you expecting to see? Have you had a bit of feedback yet? Have people sort of been asking you questions? 
are you looking forward to seeing people of all sort of generations and ages? Yeah, so it's open to 16 plus because yeah. I thought I don't want to start it at 18 because like some students may want to start planning a, a gap year at year. the age yeah. of 16. Yeah. So it's really, really important to get those ideas in early, but there is no age limit on it as well. Like I said, solo travel is becoming more and more popular with the older generation. So I just think that it's really important that it's open to that variety of, of age groups. And I think it would be really interesting to gauge how different aged people connect with each other as well. I think you'd be pleasantly surprised, actually. Yeah, I think I would. And I feel like almost the priorities of one age group would be very different to the priorities of another. And people would then bounce off each other and learn and learn a lot from, from each other's kind of... I've also had some pleasant experiences working with people from older and younger generations. And one of those experiences is definitely uh, Shrewsbury Prison. My prison, you know, the people I worked with, my prison family, I love them to bits. I couldn't do it anymore because I was doing the podcast, I was doing the radio, I was doing my job, I was doing this, that and the other. I was, I was so, like, incredibly busy. I couldn't fit it in and I was letting people down. Um, but I love you guys to bits and I'd be working with people that are much more experienced than I am. Um, and younger people as well, which I'll be learning from. And it's just a great time. I think you need to, to kind of throw yourself into situations like that, not to be sound too preachy and tell you guys what to do, but I feel like you can learn a lot from the other generations if you kind of immerse yourself within them. That yeah, makes sense. You really, really can. And I'm at the stage of life now where I'm realizing that I feel like older people perhaps had it right. They, live a super chilled life and prioritize things like cream teas and <laughs> why wouldn't i prioritize that yeah absolutely we need to i feel like i feel like my generation um I, I, millennials i think we we kind of both torch ourselves emotionally and physically as well and especially when it comes to work i feel like we need to we're trying to prove ourselves in such a weird way so look how hard i can work ah, value me you know it's such a weird um a weird aesthetic uh a weird way of thinking and um yeah i feel like getting out there and traveling and being a little bit selfish as well is, is really yeah. important see i'm right on the verge of um the young millennial yeah. so i'm not quite gen z so it's really interesting for me seeing how these younger people are kind of moving on with their life having come from such a career focused generation like you have to do one thing you have to settle for that you you have to just earn your living and and that's that it's it's kind of this whole new way of looking at it which I've always had in a way um so I think after the initial series of, of this course that I'm I'm going to run I'm looking at doing a one-off of how you can travel and work at the same time so how how can you have that stability back home and still organize traveling to these places because there are so many people who would be worried about leaving a job um they wouldn't want to work while they're away like why would you want to do that it's, it's your time to relax so as much as people doing a gap year would want to work and earn while they're away there are other people who have a just your normal nine to five and still want to be able to experience that. And and there are ways around it. There are ways that you can work a normal job and you can still explore the world. Especially if you work in media, 
or somewhere where you know a big shout out to, i won't mention a name i've asked permission but i've got a friend who works uh with a laptop and very hard worker but she can work in malta she can work in italy she can go here she take a laptop and crack on the work and earn money while she's traveling or while she's somewhere else which is a great skill to learn <laughs> yeah, like remote work is becoming so so popular now but i think it's also important to kind of identify that it is still possible to travel the world while doing static work as well yeah. even if you can't work remotely you don't cut that kind of cord don't stop your dreams and, and decide to not go anywhere and not look forward to any trips or or kind of go on those cruises yeah. go on those all-inclusives because it's easy you can still achieve the same as anyone else okay it might be over a longer period of time but say most people who take a gap year they will go away for a year they'll come back and that will be the only big trip that they go on quite often or people who go away and live a very nomadic life they will kind of live on the bare bones and they will live in very basic accommodation they will save a lot of money on on the food that they eat on the experiences that they take part in around the world and it is possible to still travel and have a base essentially yeah. so i think that's really really useful to explain to people as well and, and teach them how to do that i think it's really interesting what you're what you're doing um and I'm, i'd be really interested to see sort of the feedback you get after you after you've done it and the people that you've helped because i think it's just an amazing journey especially if you've got someone teetering on the edge and they're kind of like oh i don't know if to do this or not and then maybe your course just kind of gives them that boost they needed and your course is responsible for them traveling around the world how amazing would that be I mean, that's the idea to absolutely inspire people and build that confidence and just get them out there and doing what they want to do. And also a really important part of it is that social community side of things. And I think after the course, I'm going to arrange social events um, around town, around different places within Shropshire. And these will be very relaxed sessions i'm going to call them um campfire sessions because it is all to do with about sharing those experiences and just like you put the question out there to your facebook following i think it's it's really important to share those stories good and bad and and share what you've learned as an individual and talk through it and talk about it and i think that's really important to get that community going and get people together so even people that have traveled quite a lot and and they feel that the seminars aren't for them and, and they've already experienced things that they want to experience they can come along to the socials and, and inspire other travelers to to do the same or to perhaps do it in a different way and and save that kind of disadvantaged travel and, and things like that I've, i love nothing more than to sit around with my friends and talk about our travel stories because I feel like talking about these things with people that have traveled, they, they kind of get a better re a, a reception. Yeah. You know I mean, I mean, I, <laughs> I've done some dumb stuff abroad. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I, you know, I could sit and talk about that on a campfire session. It's just like, that sounds like the perfect. Yeah. I had this idea for, um, there's log cabins, um, Nestcliff, I think it is. I've forgotten the name of them. I messaged them. Um, I found them a couple of weeks ago and I was like, Oh my God, this would be perfect. Just to like, Give us a log cabin for a day and we can record four or five, we can 
cabin sessions at such and such, you know, get a fire, bring a guest every couple of hours or every hour. We'll get someone cooking food, get some cameras and just sit and have those kind of mellow, relaxed conversations. Because I feel like, especially in front of a campfire, that kind of brings people out a little bit, doesn't it? You know. Yeah, I think the startup idea would be to kind of position it at a bar's kind of relaxed i get i I know what you mean yeah the the idea yeah but then again the whole idea of of campfire sessions is that in the future it could kind of prospectively turn into an actual campfire session it could be a weekend trip away to the beach somewhere it could be a hike up a mountain and it is all about getting that community like an inspirational networking yeah let's let's do it man let's do it that sounds great i love it right what we're gonna do is towards the end of this one i want you to tell people where they can follow you and find you and yep. your travels so let's okay. do that and then then <laughs> sorry i worded that really really weird <laughs> i've not been on form at all i'm obviously i'm, I'm missing verity uh, i need her back uh, for sure uh but yeah def- tell people where they can follow you and then we'll get onto the course and how they can book a ticket yeah so it's mainly social media based uh, i don't have a website up and running yet but it's so solo travel seminars on instagram and facebook um, so I'm looking at posting lots of content about the the events as they happen as well. And it just outlines each event uh, week by week and what we're talking about. And also some fun facts about travel itself and things that you might be worried about, even if you can't make it to any of the events. It's quite useful just to follow and to read through a lot of the fact-based things. Wonderful. Well, I think you're fascinating. I think you're brave, super brave for going out, not only doing what you're doing, but helping others to do that too. You know, because um, like you said, a lot of people, uh, I've known a lot of people go on, on like a gap year. And like you said, that's like the, the the trip they think of fondly as one of those rare opportunities where they got to go and actually travel. Um, so the fact that you're trying to find a sustainable way of doing that is really, really important. Yeah. So thank you for doing that giving people that independence you know um right guys make sure you as well by the way um go onto instagram go onto facebook uh look for highly flammable studios um aaron child is one of my one of my i say he's a mentor he's a good friend he teaches me an awful lot um he's definitely one of my my highest regarded peers so give them a follow uh the studio there you can hire it out for your own workshop purposes you there are lots of workshops going on there. I've been to so many amazing, amazing events um, and uh, you definitely need to check them out because I think what they're doing for media, um, you know, if you want to record a podcast there, they've got a podcast studio yeah. um, and there's so much going on there. So highly flammable studios. Right, um, I'm running out of, running out of uh, oxygen and words and things. <laughs> and uh, But this has been fantastic. Thank yeah. you so much for chatting to me today. And just um, you book the tickets onto the seminars just by messaging on, on social media. So just drop us a DM to message <laughs> and message about any interest. Send us a link. Yeah. And we'll get it on our Facebook as well. So Amazing. go onto the Shrews Biscuit podcast uh, uh, Facebook page as well. And you can book it there too. And I'm pretty sure Highly Flammable will have there a link yeah. as well. So there's, there's a number of places there you can book a ticket. Yeah, definitely. And if you book onto all six weeks, then you get a little sneaky discount and you get a free travel gift as well. Nice. So, which is exciting. Wonderful. Well, I'm sorry for the scattiness of this, uh, this <laughs> podcast. It's, it's post-night shift. I don't usually do one on a Wednesday, but because of you very kindly uh, moved, sort of, uh, moved the podcast from last week to this week, 
uh, as for on today but this has been really really cool thank you so much for chatting to me and listeners thank you so much for listening uh, to the show uh, if you're listening to the podcast for the first time, uh, you can follow the Shrews of Biscuit on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're also on TikTok. For an audio-only show, we do very well visually, and we do, we do get on a lot of travels. Timmy today has been at the Flax Mill uh, for Lovely Lands. Uh, this is going to go out a couple of weeks after, but Lovely Lands Easter Egg Trail that they had going on there. I was meant to go, but I finished the night shift this morning. And I was like, oh, I can't go. I'm too tired. So Timmy went with my wife, and he went in front of camera and did his mini biscuit thing. So uh, uh, there's lots, lots going on with us at the moment. So make sure you give us a follow. Rianne, thank you so much for chatting thank to us. Thank you. And this has been great. Right, peace out. So there we go. That was a fantastic episode with Rianne. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, now, before we uh, before we end things, I've got a few things I want to talk to you guys about. One of them is um, I just want to say a huge thank you to everybody that nominated me for um, the Mayor's Award, um, which we went to as I record this last week. Um, it was a, a great evening. I saw some wonderful people. I got accidentally a little bit tipsy because uh, i don't drink alcohol anymore not really and i had a couple of glasses of wine and i was like oh that's strong i don't know if that's ever happened to you <laughs> but it's a great evening and we won uh we we won um so the way it works with the mayor's awarded award everybody gets nominated and wins a prize for being nominated but then there's an overall winner of your category we didn't win the overall winner but we got the recognition there for our community award. So thank you so much to everybody that nominated us. Um, thank you so much to, to Shrewsbury Council as well and uh, and to our mayor, uh, Elizabeth Roberts, as well uh, for uh, taking the time out to uh, to offer us a bit of a congratulations because that, that was uh, fantastic. Um, I've got a couple of uh, events I want to tell you guys about. Um, as as you're hearing this on, on Monday the 24th, of March, um, this weekend coming up, uh, there's an event that we're going to be taking part in. I'm going to have a studio there for uh, two days, and that's Drawn. I may, I've been mentioning it on the on podcasts quite a bit. Drawn is a coming together of artists from all around Shropshire and a little bit further as well uh, at the Flax Mill, um, and it's uh, it's on the tw- the 29th and the 30th, and uh, you can you can turn up. You can you can look at artists. Um, as they're working you can buy artists work uh you can get inspired there'll be workshops for the kids and we'll have a little studio there as well um so drawn is fantastic they've also got a new facebook page so if you just type in drawn and look for the art beautiful orange logo uh give them a follow on facebook to stay up to date with the news there and also, uh, we're going to be at an evening with the Dirty Rockin' Scoundrels on the 13th of May at Shrewsbury High School. Um, it's a, an 18-plus event, uh, but it's featuring one of the Midlands' best bands. Uh, we love these guys so much. We've seen them so much. And if you've been to um, uh, an event that features the Dirty Rockin' Scoundrels, you'll see. You'll know for yourself. If you've never been there, trust me, you're going to want to be there. Uh, this is uh, a, a, an intimate evening. Um, where we will be spending time with just the Dirty Rockin' Scoundrels. There's going to be music. There's going to be a Q&A hosted by moi, and uh, it's going to be fantastic. Um, and this is all in aid of um, raising money for Kate Vaughan. Um, she did the London Marathon, as I mentioned at the beginning of this uh, podcast. Um, but she's raising money for WizKids. And um, this is an att- this is just to add on to that, all, those, uh, all that money she's raised for them. Um, so the tickets are £10, which is really cheap. And I've heard the bar is reasonable too. So, uh, well, A, 
one of the best bands in the Midlands. B, a cheap evening, cheap, you know, tickets, and also a reasonable bar. And also, the Shrews Biscuit's going to be there. So um, that's an evening with the dirty rocking scoundrels. Make sure you check those out, guys. And I'll catch you guys on the next podcast. I'm going to go because it's been a long one. I hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you so much for supporting us. And I'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace out.